Another asset class is a casualty on the coronavirus highway to destruction. Comedian Paul Ollinger with the Crazy Buddy Podcast joins us today, which is good because I think we need a laugh. Welcome to Money with Friends, coming to you live from my mom's half-finished basement outside Detroit, Michigan. I'm Joe Salcihai. I'm Paul Ollinger from the Crazy Money Podcast. Thank you for having me, Joe. <laughs> and you're in uh, Atlanta. You're hunkered down in Atlanta, Georgia, right? That's correct. Yeah, so fun. This is the podcast where we cover recent stories ripped from the financial press. Today, we're tackling one from CNBC. Not only do we read them like some podcasts, but we dive into how these affect your wallet and what you can do to invest, save, and pay down debt more effectively. And if that's not enough, we'll also share a big idea at the end of today's show that you can take with you to be better with your money the rest of your day. And usually, not so much lately, we kind of hung out a little longer lately, but uh, usually in less than 20 minutes. If there's one thing, by the way, humans aren't great at predicting the future. No amount of crystal balls, fortune cookies, or tea leaves could predict the world we're living in right now. But unpredictability is also what keeps life interesting. And one way to worry less, protect the things you've worked so hard for, like your home. In just a few minutes, you can find your best price and apply at policygenius.com for home insurance. We'll have more about Policy Genius later, but that's policygenius.com. Paul Ollinger joins us on today's show. And uh, Paul, I believe the main reason you agreed to come on the show was just to get away from the kids for an hour. That's absolutely correct. Uh, <laughs> they are they are inside in the house. I'm above our garage in my office, and they are inside the house, uh, supposedly doing distance learning. Let's hope they are. Is is, is distance learning really work? It's I, it's got to be so hard being a parent and being a teacher at the same time. Like that's got to be a rough part. I'm this is a time. I'm glad my kids are are done with that. It's uh, it's been really interesting. Uh, I, all the parents are talking about how their respective schools are handling it and who's doing a great job. And, and the parents who are the most satisfied are the schools who are doing, uh, I believe, synchronous learning, meaning all the kids are in class for as long a period of time as possible, as opposed to the others that say, here's a few videos that you can watch on your own. Here's some assignments. Have a good time. Yeah. My son came home last, came downstairs at 9.22 a.m., and said, I'm done with school for today. What should we do now? <laughs> I was like, I think you should call the headmaster at your school and have a discussion with him for three hours. Entertain me, comedian man. That's right. Yeah, <laughs> like what, not 922. It's 12 hours until bedtime. Although bedtime, I think I bet the average bedtimes in America have moved up about two and a half hours in the past three weeks. Oh, yeah. Hey, Somewhere it's, around 8 o'clock, people are like, I've had enough. Hey, it's 6.45, kids. 6.45. Got right. to gotta head to bed. Happy hours, 3. Bedtime is 6.45. Sadly, one asset class, it looks like it's been put to bed for a little bit here is... Yeah, how about uh, how about that for a transition? Right. Ugly one is housing. I've found this piece on CNBC. We're going to talk about it today, but let's see which one of our friends is going to help us kick off today's show. Hey, what's good? This is Rich from Paychecks and Balances. Headlines ripped from the financial press only at 
Money with Friends. All right, today's piece comes to us from uh, CNBC, as I just mentioned. Diana Olnick wrote this. Mortgage applications to buy a home plummet 24% annually as coronavirus slams spring housing. The coronavirus appears to be splitting the mortgage market. More borrowers are refinancing to save money on monthly payments, while potential home buyers are backing away fast. Driven entirely by refinancing, total mortgage application volume increased 15.3% last week compared with the previous week, according to the Mortgage Bankers Association's Seasonally Adjusted Index. Volume was 67% higher than one year ago when interest rates were higher. After rising for two weeks, mortgage rates plunged to the lowest level in the MBA survey. The average contract interest rate for 30-year fixed mortgages with conforming loan balances decreased to 3.47 from 3.82 with points decreasing from 0.33 to 0.35 or 2 0.33 from 0.35, including origination fee for loans with a 20% down payment. That rate was 89 basis points higher than one year ago. As a result, refinance volume surged again. Those applications spiked 26% for the week and were 168% higher than a year ago. The refinance share of mortgage activity increased to 75.9% of total applications from 69.3% the previous week. Mortgage rates and applications continue to experience significant volatility from the economic and financial market uncertainty caused by the coronavirus crisis, said Jill Can, MBA's Associate Vice President of Economic and in- Industry Forecasting. The bleaker economic outlook, along with the first wave of realized job losses reported in last week's unemployment claims numbers, likely caused potential home buyers to pull back. Weekly jobless claims soared past $3 million to record high the Labor Department reported last Thursday. Mortgage applications to purchase a home fell 11% last week and were 24% lower than a year ago. Real estate agents and home builders have reported a sharp drop in buyer interest and open houses and model homes are shuddering. Shuddering? They're shuddered. They're being shuttered. Uh, Some potential buyers are doing virtual tours, but the demand is not even close to normal normal spring volume buyer and seller traffic and ultimately home purchases will also likely be slowed this spring by restrictions ordered in several states on in-person activities con said the effects of the coronavirus on housing are widespread but most acute in certain states purchase applications are down over 30 percent in new york california and washington state here in here, here in Michigan, I was talking to our realtor because I was thinking about when this is over, Paul, putting our uh, rental house on the market. I've mm-hmm. I've never been in love with being a being a landlord, and I think it might be time for me to exit that market. So I talked to him, and um, and he said, <clears throat> "Excuse me, that when this is over, because in Michigan you can't even sell a house, but you can't show a house right now." Uh, we're all locked down in place here. I don't know. Is it like that in Georgia? Can they can they have open houses? I, I doubt it. I mean, I'm not sure if real estate's being defined as a as a critical industry, but I kind of doubt it. Even if they could, would you go? You know, no. I don't, I don't no. know that I'd go put my hand on any doorknob at this point. I, I did speak to a real estate agent who's a friend of ours on Friday, and she said everything's been really busy. It was really busy up until like last Wednesday. And I, I think, though, that I, I have to imagine that that's all just shutting down as people come to the realization that this is one real and will be a, a semi long term uh, shutdown. So we'll see, I guess. He, he also said, though, that he believes that when this is over, 
there will be a flurry of activity, maybe not long term, depending on how 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 long this goes. And yeah. the, the reason he thinks there's going to be a flurry of activity is there's so many people who were midstream, right? They were midstream. They were either just about to put their house on the market because they were getting ready to move or mm-hmm. they put their house on the market and then they had to halt. So the whole thing came screaming down. So for a month, you're going to have all these people that just have to move for jobs or have to move for family, whatever the reason is, they're moving. And so he thinks for three or four weeks, we're going to see this surge and then we'll have a regular market take over again. I define regular, a a regular in a new reality. Regular in the world is going to be, I mean, if we see 15% unemployment, which seems like it's going to happen, the real estate market is not going to come back to anywhere close to what it was in in, in a world with 5% unemployment. It's just not going to happen. People are saying, well, you know, a lot of these jobs are minimum wage jobs that are going away or, or service related jobs. And those people are property owners or whatever. But like, I just, I don't think it's going to be a happy comeback at all, that it's going to take some time for things to return to normal. No. And that's, uh, I'm glad you defined that because by normal, I meant that the market will be based on more relative conditions based on what's going on. You know, it won't be legislated or, or, or uh, regulated, but it's, I mean, it's we're we're in for a world of hurt. I believe, I believe, and it's. I mean, I think we're going to see. This, my personal opinion: this is not a forecast, nor is it investment advice, but I think the market's going to go down another thirty-three percent. And I think that you know this is going to be a six-week thing from here. And I don't. I think people are still in denial. That's that's why we have Jan is for the not predictions. Funny. That is not funny at all. It is that, not. That's my opinion. That's the reality. I'm girding my financial loins for. Sorry, I had to bring that in. Today. But I, I think that's I think that's what we're looking for. And people are looking for I, yesterday's news conference tells us that the the, the reality is sinking in. I, I I really felt it at the press conference for the first time yesterday. Yeah, for sure. Let's look where where'd the markets open this morning down three three percent. Who knows where that means they close? And it's not like that's going to all happen today, but it's just I think it's going to be a slow trickle out of the markets. And that, that's just my opinion. So. Well, let's talk about real estate in general. Then does this yeah. if if you're somebody that has a has a job that you're lucky that it's continued, you mm-hmm. have a cash reserve. Does that mean that you're going to find lots of deals now then in the real estate market? Because as you know, there's two asset classes that historically over long periods of time have kicked the pants off of inflation, right? Which are stocks and rental real estate. Real estate in general just goes up with inflation. But if mm-hmm. you can add the rent on top of that, you can make more money. Is this a time then for buyers to, to jump in? That's not something I'm an expert in. It's certainly as as you watch things, as as you watch the market plummet, you think, okay, well, I'm a long-term equity investor. You know, at some point, it's the right time to buy in. But then that requires calling the bottom. And as you said at the open, we're terrible at predicting the future. Uh, we, you know, and part of being a long-term investor is sitting on the sidelines and watching your portfolio deteriorate day by day and doing nothing. And that's a brutally difficult thing to do because we are. And that's what's really hard about this whole thing is that our job right now is basically to do nothing, is to stay home and and be patient. And we're bad at that. We 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 are we are a people who believe that, hey, there's a problem. I can fix it. I'm going to go beat up some microbes out there. 
I'm going to go take my American desire to fight and work hard and take it at something that the, the human eye can't see. Good luck. Good luck. I saw this meme yesterday. And of course, this time is just A, it's full of memes and B, what else am I going to do but flip through my phone looking at memes? But I sure. saw a meme that said, you might have seen this also, that was a guy uh, you know, t-shirt and, and, and these horrible shorts sitting on the, laying on the sofa, very lazy with a bag of potato chips and looking through his phone. And it said, lazy slob six months ago shows him same picture right below says responsible human today, same, same exact photo. Uh, uh, now there's two sides of this. So we're looking at possibly the, uh, uh, a lot of difficulty for people selling their house. You may get it on the other side if you're buying a house, right? If you're buying a house now, you might be able to find some deals then, which is, is good. So I feel like if you're moving upstream, meaning you're trying to buy a bigger house, historically, these times have always been better if you can afford it to actually buy a bigger house. But think about what I'm saying there, Paul. You have to have a good cash reserve. You got to have an income stream. You can't get in over your head like every realtor on earth would love for you to do, right? Right. All of those shows, I've been watching the show Mediterranean Life lately, and and, and they bring these, these, these realtors show these Americans moving abroad, and they always say, well, you know, I can afford up to 300000 and then the very first house the realtor shows them is three fifty, and it's of and of course it's gorgeous, and the people go for it every time. And I'm screaming at my TV, going, "There it is, right there!" But the realtor does not have your long term financial interest in mind. They have a <laughs> transaction in mind, and they're all fine people, but they're not your financial advisors. No, no. So if you're swimming upstream though, and you can afford it, that's the big thing. It's a decent time to swim upstream. If you're going downstream and you're downsizing, not a great time probably to be downsizing. Well, it's I, I think now's a good time to understand what are the things in your life financially that bring you joy and that don't bring you joy. And as the owner of a house that's bigger than we need, I, there's a lot of things I could do without right now that if my house were made out of Play-Doh, I would happily pinch off and give away. You know, square footage past a certain point becomes a bigger pain in the rear to own than it is uh, a source of joy. So um, I would encourage people to say, how much real estate do you really need from a if if from a from a primary residence standpoint, and certainly from a secondary residence too. Just I just don't believe for me personally owning a whole bunch of stuff, having a big old house that you're going to have to pay to heat and cool and you know, replace appliances and all that stuff. It's, it's never been a source of joy for me. No, me neither. Let's, let's, well, apparently because every time you and I try to talk, just pull back the curtain a little bit. I can't run my space heater here in the basement and my coffee pot at the same time. Cause asking a lot of, of that tiny generator you have running your entire home in the garage. <laughs> uh, I'm 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 a little distracted because Annette here said that when she brought her about her house, she lied about her budget. She cut it by fifty percent. That's smart to tell your realtor your budget's half. Yeah, that's called anchoring, right? In the negotiation world, you start low. I mean, in, in this case, you st- you start low and let them bid you up, as it were. My favorite uh, quote about anchoring, Paul came from this book that my mom has and it's uh, advice from uh, from kids 
And my favorite piece of advice about anchoring comes from Melissa, age eight. And she says, if you want a kitty, start off by asking for a horse. For sure. My, and my wife, uh, I don't know, five years ago, we had two kids, two healthy kids. And I was very happy to be the father of two healthy kids. Although the second child arrived after a very difficult pregnancy and spent several weeks in the uh, neonatal ICU. And so a few years later, my wife was saying, I really want a third baby. I really want a third baby. And that went on for six months. And then she said, you know what, I'll settle for a dog. And that was the quickest purchase of a dog that has ever happened in the United States of America. <laughs> Bam. You want a dog? The anchored high. There's the, <laughs> the dog. Uh, let's talk about the other half of this refinances. Cause where it's, it's probably, you know, in a lot of real estate markets, it's pretty horrible and maybe going to get worse. Um, mortgages, not the same, not the same song. Well, I think everybody's my seven year arm expired yesterday, Joe. So I've been looking at refinancing and what I've been told is that while, you know, rates have gone to basically zero uh, prime rates have that mortgage refinancing rates are actually going up because of demand. So there's this short term spike in people thinking they're going to get uh, either that rate or they're looking for sources of cash right now because cash is king for all the reasons you were talking about earlier. And uh, but the market sees a spike in, in, in demand. And so the, the rates go up. So we'll see what happens over the next few weeks. If we look at uh, at 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 Treasury bills, I would think that uh, the price of T-bills going up, T-bills going down, that, 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 that would just be gouging then. Are you, are you saying mortgage companies that you're in mortgage companies uh, just gouging people? I, you know, I don't, I'm not making that assessment. Yeah. I won't make it until my refinancing has been signed. <laughs> <laughs> I have heard colloquially from a lot of people get in line though. I mean, and it is a long line. It is not a short line. It is a long line that yeah. you're getting in. A lot of people want to do what you want to do. So, uh, mortgage, uh, I've, I have to do not what I want to do, what I have. Well, sure. Yeah. 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 So it's, it's think long-term make plans more than 60 days out, like start the, if, if you've got something that's coming, that's, that's, uh, uh, th th that's, well, I don't know what the word, the mortgage is that's expiring in 90 days, start the process now because yeah. you might not be able to move as quickly as you think you want. And who the heck knows what's going to happen over the next three months? No, this reminds me of the same advice, uh, that, um, we've talked about with business owners lately with some of the, the SBA, uh, things going on with the new, the new, um, uh, relief package that was just signed into law, like a lot of things that small business owners have to do. But man, you got to get in line quick. There's going to be a lot of people in that line. And these, right. I mean, imagine these these banks working with SBA loans. Usually they'll have this trickle in. And in one week, you've got everybody on earth or in the United States anyway, who owns a business, who wants the same thing from you. That's a, that's, that's a long line. But in both of those accounts, though, Paul, I mean, looking at it, if whether you're right or you're wrong about your prediction, mm -hmm. if if you're right and unemployment's high, losing your um, or making your mortgage amount smaller every month, fantastic move. And if you're wrong, making your mortgage payment smaller every month, still a good move. And if things end up being good for you, you can always pay extra. Like I like the way CFOs at companies work where they'll take the longest loan possible and then they will pay it. Then they'll pay it off whenever the hell they want. Absolutely. But, but you know, to your point, well, to one of your, the tenants of your, of, of your um, 
investing philosophy, you got to automate that because the, the big if there is if you can make extra payments, that's not something we're really good at as human beings. That's right? true. Is to take that extra cash and and pay down debt when we have it. And that's that's where you get a lot of that's that's where we've we found ourselves in a lot of problems individually and collectively. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, even though uh, debt in America a lot better than it was when we went through this last time, 2007, 2008. I was just reading about that. You mean average household debt? Yeah, debt to GDP was about 135% when we had the ugliness around mortgages back in 2007, 2008, closer to, I think the number was 96, 97% now. So a lot less debt per household today than there was 10 years ago. Because that's because fewer people have mortgages today. What's the average household revolving credit? Didn't, I, I, that's what I'd like to see because I think that's where the problem is. Yeah, didn't see that, 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 that number. If only we had a device where we could look that up. If we had longer, <laughs> I think we'll let other people look that up. Uh, in just a second, Paul's going to say something brilliant as we close out today's show. But before we get to our big takeaway for today, got to say a big thank you to Policy Genius. As I mentioned earlier, and we talked about earlier, we're not great at predicting the future. And hopefully today, Paul Ollinger is not great at predicting the future because I don't like all that unemployment, Paul. No amount of crystal balls, fortune cookies, or tea leaves can predict where we are today. Everybody's in the basement, not just me or over your garage or wherever it might be. Unpredictably, uh, unpredictability also keeps life interesting. One way to worry less is to protect the things you work so hard for, like your home. Policy Genius has saved their customers an average of $690 a year. After answering a few quick questions about yourself and your property on their website, Policy Genius compares your policy against options from top insurers to make sure you're getting the right home insurance coverage at the best possible price. If Policy Genius finds you a better rate than what you're currently paying, they'll do all the work to get you switched. One thing that Paul thought at 9.30 when his kid came down from school was, hey kid, go to Policy Genius and look up home quotes. I mean, that's a life lesson, Paul, that your kid will take forever. Imagine what they'll learn by going to policygenius.com to look up uh, home quotes. Yeah, they'll, they'll, Dad, why is our house valued at, at half of what it was last week? <laughs> Answer that question for your 10-year-old. So if you haven't found a play-by-play -play breakdown of your future inside a crystal ball or a fortune cookie, that's okay. Protect the things you've worked hard for and get home insurance with Policy Genius in just a few minutes. You can find your best price and apply at policygenius.com. We've been fans of Policy Genius here for a long time, and we're glad that they are sponsoring the show. But what else are you going to do? What else are you going to have the kids do? That's a kids we're going to play a fun game. It's called Save Daddy Some Money. That's right. Yeah, that's good. So, Paul, what's our big takeaway today here? Well, going back to what you said, 15%. I hope I'm wrong about that. I hope I'm wrong. 100% of the comedians that I know are out of work. 100% of the people who work in the food service industry are out of work right now. So we'll see how that spreads across the other economy. My, my takeaway for folks here is that your number one responsibility is to take care of your health right now. And so get enough sleep, eat right, exercise every day. That is both physical and mental health. Take care of yourself first. Ch check on a friend, see how they're doing and... Uh, and we'll get through this together. Yeah, I, uh, I, 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 how do I say, man, I disagree. Oh, that's horrible <laughs> advice, Paul. <laughs> Stay healthy. What are you talking about? Yeah. So this, uh, this handshaking campaign I'm on, not going that well. No, probably. That's only part of it. That, I mean, avoiding the virus is only, is, is only part of it. That is, that is true. Uh, mental health right now, I think for a lot of people is a difficult thing as we're all separated from each other. 
Yeah. But that's, I mean, again, you know, that's your mental health. You'll, you'll endure the separation if you're, if you're exercising and sleeping and, you know, it all goes together. Good, taking as good care of yourself as you possibly can. I I I, I totally agree, and the, it it also reminds me that the financial stuff we're talking about today, you know, housing crisis, all this pales in comparison to the bigger the bigger thing going on. However, when it comes to when it comes to housing refinance, might be a good time to look into it. But get in line soon. It's, it seems to me that as we talked, there's this clear division between things you should be doing and things you shouldn't be doing. Things like trying to lower your mortgage payment. That's a good thing. Deciding deciding what to do long-term with your property may be a good thing. Looking at uh, when this is over, do I buy rental properties if we think the market's going to be lower? Is this a good time to get in? You might have time to study because being a landlord isn't as easy as most people think. Maybe it's a good time to study and come out of this stronger than you were before. But the piece that you shouldn't do anything about, which is the toughest, and to your point earlier, Paul, watching your portfolio shrink the, absolutely the right thing to do. Absolutely the right thing to do. Because we have no idea where the market's really going tomorrow. No matter what Paul Ollinger says. So, <laughs> <laughs> what's, what's going on at the Crazy Money Podcast, my friend? Uh, we're, we're pushing forward. You know, we, we have seen, I, I think most people, as much as we're kind of overwhelmed with the coronavirus, people do want to talk about it. And so on some level, we're, we're going to address that this week. I've got the hilarious comedian, Rory Scovel. Uh, he is, he's one of the funniest people you'll ever, ever hear do comedy. He's from Greenville, South Carolina, grew up as the son of a postal worker. And we talk about how, and he's one of seven kids. We talk about how his background as uh, as a middle class kid affects the way he looks at his career and money, and he has worked hard and he's saved a lot of money to get through this this crisis. And next week, Joe, uh, I, I I think my opportunity is to provide humor, insight, and perspective in these times. So I interviewed this week a a guy who had all his money stolen by Bernie Madoff. Oh, and, and uh, I have that interview coming out next Tuesday, and I'm really excited to share that because taking nothing away from the difficulty we are facing and will continue to face for the following weeks. I want people to understand that this is part of, of humanity that we are going to take losses and we will survive and, and what it's like to come back, you know, uh, as an individual who went through something like that is something I think will give us all perspective right now. Man, you will, you will find that at crazymoney.com wherever finer podcasts are, are consumed. Uh, coming up tomorrow, Paul and I are back. We're going to talk about what you're watching on TV. What are people watching on TV? There's a recent report in Forbes about who's winning and who's losing the TV battle. And one industry not doing as well as it was recently, another type of entertainment. And it's not just comedy clubs. We'll, we might cover comedy clubs too tomorrow. Paul and I are back tomorrow. We'll see you guys back here at Money with Friends. Bye-bye. This show is created and hosted by Joe Saul Cihai and Bobby Rebel, and is a joint venture of BRK Media LLC and Stacking Benjamins LLC, copyright 2020. Ryan Sini and Nicole Thornhill from Pro Podcast Solutions engineered this show, and Ashley Wall is the producer. For a list of the thought leaders who appear on the podcast, head to our website, moneywithfriendspodcast.com. You can also check out our schedule for upcoming recording sessions so you can join us and be a part of the show. 
As with anything, remember, you shouldn't take advice from any of us or other video or podcasts without first talking to your financial advisor and that the people in this episode are here for your and their entertainment purposes only. I'm Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug, and we'll see you back here next time with another episode of Money with Friends.